Hey, it's Justin Verrier from Group Chat on the Ringer NBA show, and we want you to come hang out with us at All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis. Big Waz, Rob, and I are recording a podcast live from Hi-Fi Indianapolis on Saturday, February 17th at 2 p.m. with friend of the show, J. Kyle Mann. Get your tickets now at HiFiIndy.com. That's H-I-F-I-N-D.com. Get your tickets while they last. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all in one page. Plus, start betting on the Explorer page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gambling. Please visit theringer.com backslash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com backslash RG. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time. You can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tender Wraps. And trust me, you don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. Bobbin, real ones, Thursday real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, um, Raja said he has, doesn't know what he has for this podcast. So that usually means one or two things. It could be an unmitigated disaster or mm. it could be one of our best shows. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen. Usually I, it's one of our best shows and Raja just gives a blank stare when we give the rundown. <laughs> I guess it just gets scared. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. How you feeling, I, Roger? I feel like I feel like Frank the Tank on stage in old school when the okay. Raging Cajun was asking him the the economics question, bro. I'm about to blank out on you. I don't know. I'm unprepared. You don't know? I don't okay. know. Right. Let's start. Let's <laughs> let's let's dip our toes in really quickly and just see what we get here. Let's talk about Pascal Siakam mm-hmm. going to the Indiana Pacers. A trade that includes Bruce Brown, uh Jordan. Not going to butcher his last name and three first round picks to the Toronto Raptors. It was announced yesterday. Um, this is one of those moves, Raja, that I think that we have been mulling over the last year, or at least until uh, since the uh, the Pacers have become into prominence and got into the zeitgeist of the NBA. Are they going yeah. to make a trade? We always ask about these 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 questions of these teams. The Thunder are another team that we talk about, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in the next segment. Teams that are ready to push the button and take the next step in their trajectory. Now, this right here is a move to do that for the Indiana Pacers. Raja, what is your uh, who won this trade? Who uh, who benefits the most from this trade? What are your thoughts on the trade at face value before we've even played a game? It'd be hard to say exactly who who won the trade. I think the Pacers get better faster. Do you know what I mean? Like they they're, they're obviously like on a on a team trajectory anyway. They're in a in a spot to to vie for something maybe quicker than than um 
than Toronto. And so because you got a piece that you can plug and play to the tune of 20 some points a game and, and, and NBA finals experience and depth as a wing defender, versatility can, can play some small five if you want, and just keep the tempo up. They play at this hyper warp speed anyway. Like I'm going to, I'm going to go with, with Indiana, but you know, I think I'm not mistaken. Like I said, I didn't dig into contracts and stuff like that. Like, sorry guys, that's just not my bag. I don't know what to tell you. Keeping Siakam, it would, 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 you know, long-term with, with that group would ultimately kind of have to help shape my determination on who won the trade eventually. Right. But like right now, Pacers. It's interesting because this is one of those things like I think about with the Warriors with Andre Iguodala. Now, it's two different types of skill sets. Obviously, they are two wing defenders, but I mean more of a team, uh, more of a type of player that basically, basically the, 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 the player that co-signs all the work that you've been doing to build up your mm-hmm. team, right? Um, and Andre Iguodala was one for the Warriors. I think Kendrick Perkins was that for... Um, the Thunder once upon a time, right? One of those guys that just basically just streamlined you into, okay, now we're going to contend now. What type of mindset needs to happen? Because just a few months ago, the Pacers were the darling of the NBA. And I think in some respects they are. But at a certain point, you have to keep building up to a championship level status. What does how, what is the transformation right now? Do you see that the Indiana Pacers are going through, and what do they need to to continue this trajectory in your eyes? Yeah, so you talked about wing like wing defenders and stuff like that, and I don't mean to minimize you know Noir or Brown, but but I mean Pascal Siakam, like Brown has experience and stuff. Like Siakam's a bigger, longer body, giving you true coverage on on the wing. Um, no matter if that wing is a smaller wing or a bigger, longer wing. So I think he covers that box better. And then in, for, in terms of Noir, like you've got, and this brings me to my point, you've got a guy who's done that at a level in games that just quite frankly mean more. Like he's got more of those type of games. And so where they were as a franchise is uh, fun to watch. And we talked about this with them, like fun to watch. Like I'll, I'm going to tune in for a Pacers game because I, I Halliburton and company, like I want to see them get up and down. Um, you were going to need to start plugging in pieces with real experience, with real skill sets that are proven in the toughest moments that don't overlap or step on the toes of what you already have in theory. And I think Siakam fits that bill. Like, I don't think he takes anything away from what Tyrese can do. Uh, I think he fits with Miles Turner really well. I think that he is a piece that you kind of plug and play and it checks a lot of boxes. So where they were as a franchise is trying to identify those pieces, figuring out like, Hey, a what's our timeline. Is it now? Or are we close enough? Are we, are we ahead of where we thought we were going to be? Is it worth it to make the move right now? Do we think that gets us in the stratosphere that makes it worth the swing? And so they clearly did. Um, and, and they made the move and I, I think, it, I think it's a good move for them. When I look at the roster and I look at the trade, I, I still think that there's another trade to be had or another couple acquisitions to be had just for the simple fact that before Siakam was there, and he's a great defender, but their defense mm-hmm. was trash. Yep. Right. And no and I don't I think that Siakam is a great individual defender, but I think that they what they need at this point, they still need a defensive anchor. And I don't think that they have that on the roster right now. Um so with that being said, like it's a it's a really good move to keep on building, but like I still don't see them in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference just yet because you still got to go through Embiid, you still got to go through Giannis, 
I don't think that they have still. I don't know if they have the personnel still yet to to win a series. Now they can win a couple of games, but to win a series, is what they ultimately want to do. I don't know if they're there yet. Do you say like maybe? Are they still a year or two away? Are they still where? Where do you see them right now in the Eastern Conference, Rob? I don't think they're winning the East. Uh, although I, I mean, Milwaukee don't want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> like, Straight up. They, they don't want to see um, <laughs> but I don't necessarily think they're winning the East so I would agree with you in that I think there's still work that can be done but you rarely get the opportunity in the NBA or any walk of life for that matter to get it all right now you know I talk to my sons about this all the time like you want it now it doesn't happen like that you gotta build you gotta work you gotta keep stacking days you gotta get a little better every day and that's what they did and so while I would agree that like yes they're it's still in front of them. I wouldn't necessarily say they're two years away from it or they're one year away from it. They're closer today to it than they were before. And it's going to be interesting to see how far they can get up the leaderboard in the Eastern conference. And at that point I could give you a definitive answer on whether or not I think they could win a game or not. Uh, I mean, a, a playoff round because I think that's matchup based. And so if I'm telling you that in the Eastern conference, while I'm not picking them to win it, I already told you the the Bucks don't want to see him. You are right about Joel Embiid and company, but they've had their struggles. Yeah, like who who out there is is definitively other than other than Boston in my mind, like one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm taking them. I mean, and so I might pick some of those teams over them, but not one hundred percent. Like yo, that's a that's a win. And so I I say that to say why well, I, I agree with you to to a degree, but I do think their window is slightly open. Like it's not going to open. It has cracked open already. And so now, you know, while there are still things we could do, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I told you, I no, I don't, I don't see it. Right. Like we were talking about yeah. a fun team and I agree defensively, obviously there's things that need to be sorted out, but, but with a piece like that, like he is a, I used to love watching Siakam. Look, when they won that championship and you could, no one could take their eyes off of, off of Kawhi and for good reason. Um, and Fred Van Vliet was awesome. Do you know you know who secretly my favorite player in that series was or in that in that playoff? I don't league? think it's such a secret right now, Roger. I yeah. don't think it's such a secret right like, now. I just, I, I, I liked Siakam. <laughs> I just liked I liked how he got down. I liked the way he played. I liked, you know, his length and skill set. And so I think it's a good fit. Well, let, let's pivot really quickly. Um and we'll come back to Siakam. But I you did bring a good point, and I we I don't think we've talked about it on the pod just yet. Just about what like matchups in general, and I think about the Bucks and the Pacers, that's gonna be I'm really curious to see whoever the Bucks play in the postseason and how tactfully, how they do tactfully from the coaching standpoint. Like this is a big, this is a big uh, postseason for the Bucks in general, but Adrian Griffin specifically, right? Where he is this young coach, and if I'm looking at what has happened with the Bucks, I mean, what what's happened over the last couple of seasons with the Bucks, and it's kind of happening. Uh, with the Indiana Pacers, which illustrates what I'm about to ask you. How much is coaching, can coaching potentially bite the Bucks in the ass right now? Because Rick Carlisle runs circles around Adrian Griffin when it hap- whenever they play, right? And it's very clear that at least in a regular season, the Pacers got mind control over the Bucks. So how important is coaching going to be for the Bucks at this point, especially a year after they lost to the Miami Heat, if for no other reason that they were just ran circles around schematically. How do the Bucks kind of overcome that? It's very, very difficult to overcome that. To overcome a deficiency in the big chair, like a glaring deficiency in the big chair, 
your stars have to be starring on a whole nother level. Like they've got to be the brightest. They have to shine the brightest that they've ever shown. If that makes sense. You know, you, you've got to just be clicking in a zone team, firing on all cylinders, working like a well-oiled machine offensively and defensively. Like it just has to be clicking it, it to, to overcome strategic inequities in that, in that seat. I'm not, I'm not saying that though. I'm not saying they have that. But if if you ever were to come up against a situation like that, it's it's really difficult to overcome it. You know, we talk about the playoffs all the time that in the playoffs, your stars, they just have to be stars. You need them to show up. And then you need some of your support cast on any given night to show up. And that can be done by committee. That could be, you know, me one night, you one night, Kai one night. But we need Giannis and 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 Dame to be Giannis and Dame every night. Like that's what the playoffs comes down to in a lot of instances. But the the chess match that is the game to game tweaking of of strategy is very 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 important and if you get into those situations and you know you don't have a guy who can can make those adjustments to whatever's happening to you um it's really really hard to overcome that we saw it to a degree and i don't i don't mean to bring stuff up but but you know when you watched the heat and this and the celtics a couple years ago and and um you know this was early again this is not missoula's it comes so far from there, but you, you could see that playing out kind of in real time. The next part of it I'm talking about, which is the in game. Hey man, this changed on us on the fly. We came in here with a game plan. We were, we were ready. We were dialed in. We, we had the advantage to start this game, but the guy over there, you know, standing up in the suit had an answer and he flipped it on us mid game. Do, do you have that ability? Wait, so, so how hard is it to be a head coach in the NBA? Can you put it in perspective for our listeners right now? How hard, what are the things that you have to do on the fly? Because I don't think it's, I think people look at schemes and I don't know necessarily they know, look at the whole total package. What is needed to be a modern NBA coach? Oh, well, right I'm now? not one. I'm not one. Well, you sit, you've been around it. You've been around good coaches. You know yeah, what you're I, talking about. Come on, man. Look, don't, don't chicken out. Come on. I'm not, I'm not going to chicken out. I would, I would just... I would say that, you know, communication is, is huge, right? Like, like why is Ty Lue a great coach, right? Like, you know, who's a, absolutely, you absolutely. Know. but, but look, it starts with communication, right? Like all great coaches are great communicators in their own way. They're not all buddy, buddy with you, but they all have clear lines of communication so that you're getting the messaging, um, that, that they're expecting you to get. And there's no real gray area to be danced around in. Like, this is what it is. Like, however you want to package that, um, for different players, it, you have to present different packaging, but certainly clear lines of communication, um, you know, accountability and being able to hold the best player accountable for things in a way that demonstrates to the rest of your roster that you're no pushover. And so there's no real wiggle room with this, right? At the same time, having flexibility, not, not being a stick to your guns. And I'd rather be right than win type of guy. There are a lot of those much rather say he was right than win a game, you know, like, that wears on people. It, it, you don't typically win. And so then it wears on people even more. Um, I think during the regular season, it's more about, you know, managing personalities and agendas and, and arcs of career, right? Cause that's a thing. Everybody's at a different place in the career, trying to achieve different individual things within this team concept. How do I manage that? Um, how do I make sure everybody's getting what they need out of that? Imparting a, a, a culture, and what you're going to be about, how you're going to play, um, what the DNA of the team is, getting people to buy into that, making sure that practices, um, meetings, flights, general day-to-day reflects that. So people that 
aren't completely immersed in it all the time and just come, they get indoctrinated real quick. Like, boom, oh, this is how we do shit. So that, that works, right? It just wraps everybody up in the culture. And before you know it, you're good. That's regular season. Um, and then, and then, you know, manage management, management and, and shit like that. But we're, you know, where they, where they shine the brightest. It's like, you know, it's like players is in those playoffs because in the regular season, you just don't have the time as the head guy to dig into every single game that way. What a lot of people don't know, and maybe they do. And I'm, I, when we are playing five games, right. In, in eight nights on a road trip, the head coach, isn't the one doing the scout, the breakdown of the film, the, the, understanding of what each five teams runs, the understanding of what the best player on all five of those teams likes to do. He's not the one doing that. The head coach does not do that. That that is that is an assistant coach usually assigned to each one of those games. And so at your shoot around or your breakfast meeting, the person that will be standing in front of your team delivering the scout for that particular game is the assistant coach. The person walking you through what they're going to do on any given night is the assistant coach. And so I only say that to say that the head is managing. There's a lot of delegation going on. There's a lot of trust in the pieces he has around them throughout the regular season because he just doesn't have the time with everything going on to, to prepare like that for every single game. But when the playoffs come around because of the natural breaks that you have, because you're playing the same team over and over again, the heads get a chance to dig into that minutia a little bit more they're able to be there and really affect change in a way that you might not be able to in five games, seven nights in the middle of January. That makes sense. Like when you talk about the Miami heat, because like with Eric Spolstra, because like it's he obviously had delegates to his assistants, but at his heart, at his heart of hearts, he's a video guy. Right. Yeah. So like he still has to go, you know, he can flex that muscle even more in the postseason, And I, that's one of my favorite things to see is when he, when a guy like Spolstra or somebody that has come up the ranks and kind of just use that muscle and, and in the postseason, those, those are the funnest things to see from a, from a coach. Yeah. And he, he, he's a, he's a great, he's a great example too, because his teams, like if, you know, his teams are the, 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 the rare type of team. And I, I want to be fair because I want to give anyone else credit who's done it. And I'm off the top right now, but he, he I think his teams do it the best. Honestly, they stumble. You'll worry about them. They'll, they'll creep in as a damn, as a player. You team. see the, I've seen the Miami heat. I'm, t- I'm not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe, but I've seen Miami heat plenty of times come through the West coast in December, looking straight garbage, looking straight ass. And I'm like, what's going on here? And then you yeah. see them in, in May and June. It's like, this is a completely different team with the same roster somehow. I don't, I don't get that. They get, yeah. And I don't mean to hang it all on like that. Spo just, you know, gets more involved at the end of the season. It's not like that. There's a lot that goes into that, um, but it's a part of it. I want to go back to Siakam real quick, because one of the things that we always talk about is roles um, within a team. And, you know, Siakam was probably in, he, he was in his perfect role in the 2019 finals, right? Where he had to be the number two option, had to be, or number two or number three. He had developed into a number one option on a okay team, very mm-hmm. average team. Now I think he's going back into his rightful place as probably a number two um, guy on a roster, um, maybe number three. But what is that transition? How long after a trade do you have to have when you have to transition into a new team and get firing on all cylinders? Because when 
like from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, it's tough when you get traded midseason because you're going to a completely different organization, completely different way of doing things. How did what is that? What is the best way of transitioning into a new system? And is does it help that this happened uh, in January as opposed to right on the deadline in February? Um, this move being made, yeah, it certainly helps. Um, any extra day you get to feel your way around and find your footing is crucial, especially when you're talking about a team that's going to be hoping to make some noise and, and make up some ground in the Eastern Conference for positioning in the playoffs. Um, there are obviously different ways to to approach going into a new situation. You know, to be fair to people who listen, you know, when I talked about the Chris Paul situation, you know, I talked about going into somewhere kind of understanding that they've won championships and not trying to make your mark necessarily like right off the bat and have people kind of bristling at the fact that that you're coming over, do you know? But there, there are dynamics that are different in that situation than this particular situation. So as it relates to this situation, I would say he's the more experienced. He's the one that's won a championship. And while he may not be coming in to be the number one offensively, um, he can come in with a number one mentality. So I'm not coming in trying to necessarily fit around everything else that's there other than Tyrese Halliburton, if that makes sense. Like, Ty- right. we got it, Tyrese, you're the dude. Like, you make this thing go, and I understand that. But I'm not, I'm not going to sacrifice 50% of myself to accommodate, like, other people on the roster. And I, I, I hate to be blunt, but that's the best way I can put it, because 50% of myself isn't what they traded for, and it's not going to yeah. help us get where we're trying to go. So that then falls to some of those other pieces you know, to be mature enough and understand what is going on. And, th- and this is, this is perfect. Cause it takes me back to what we just talked about communication. Hey, fellas, <laughs> I checked Pascal this out. Siakam is coming in <laughs> and explain the vision for it. And so, so Pascal gets there and it doesn't all become, how does he fit in? It becomes partly how does he fit in, but how do we incorporate him in? And I think when you take that approach to it, it works better versus Pascal trying to find his way around it, find his way around it, find his way around it. I remember LeBron, I think a lot of people would remember him telling Kevin Love, although I, I don't I don't love how he put it out there in the yeah, public. He sent a subtweet. He sent a subtweet. It was it was wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like the don't fit, fit in fit instead in. of fat out. <laughs> no, fit, he hit him with the fit out instead of fit in. Hey, I think his third I think his third eye was open when he when he wrote that tweet for sure. Yeah. No, he was on one though because Kevin was and to, to Kevin's credit, Kevin had come in and basically submitted to like letting it be LeBron and and Kyrie. And Kev was still at a point where he could go. So LeBron was like, look, man, like this doesn't work unless you go. Now it might not look the same as it looked in Minnesota in terms of touches and overall usage rate and shit like that. But we you need Wait, to figure out. What was that behind the go. scenes before before he sent the tweet? Was he telling him this beforehand or just like, oh, okay, here the message was is sent. Oh, he sent the yeah. tweet out. Where uh, like, uh, to be fair, was I don't, to be fair, I don't know because I, I was not with them every minute. So I don't know if that was something that was said to him. We had a little funky dynamic going on though. It was a weird the beginning of that season was weird. It was I was worried about it. I I made that known to to people behind the scenes. We just had some you know, we, had, you. we did. We did. We had we had some like clicks in the locker room or at the breakfast thing and you know, the same group of people ate together all the time and they were over here and it just didn't look really accepting and inviting 
And so I, I think, you know, I don't mean to put words in Kevin's mouth. Never, I would never do that. But just as an observer of, of, of the dynamics there, I don't think that helped either. You know, I think he, he couldn't really, it was like double Dutch. Like, you know how you, you see somebody hop in their their heads going back and forth. They're looking for a time to hop in between those ropes and Kev could just never really find it, you know? And so LeBron was like, yo, fuck it. Just get in. He was like me. Cause I, whenever I tried to do double Dutch, bro, I always get fucked up and like hitting the eye and stuff. Too <laughs> tall. It's just, I, I'm not, I'm not good. It's, you got to think about two ropes at the same time. It's just, right. it's not great. LeBron said, fuck the ropes, man. They're, they're not even there anyway, is what LeBron was saying. Right third eye open wow. ropes don't even wow. exist my boy just go ahead and get in <laughs> thursday ruins let's go uh wait but i did want to ask one other one because like kevin love was one type of trade but that happened in the offseason like you were also around teams that had like the mid-season trade i i don't think you were on the team when matumbo got traded at that time nope. but you were on the team when Shaq got traded to phoenix right which, yeah. was, which was a fun you, you're smiling right now that was that, yeah. that, that elicits great memories i'm assuming what was that integration like and how could that um how could that color how maybe pascal comes on the uh comes with the pacers two different players but i'm trying to i'm trying to stretch here sir i smiled because Shaq was fantastic oh wait i forgot to tell you he said hello i saw him at the uh at the law at the las vegas uh in-season tournament this and guy. i said that i did a podcast with you i apologize i forgot <laughs> that, that was that two months ago two months ago that was, that was like ago. a month ago i was like a month man. ago but he was like tell roger that's my man tell him hello. <laughs> yeah that's what's good the diesel is my dog man and so he was he was phenomenal like he was just a phenomenal teammate and person to be around and you know, that experience is, is, you know, just something I, I will cherish forever. Like that's one of the best players of all time, but, but, um, and one of the best human beings, but, but our team was not built for Shaq, right? It was, it was built with, with like Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire. It was built for speed, not for power is the best way to put that. Right. And so when we got Shaq and to Shaq's credit, Shaq came in and was saying all of the stuff that should have been said in 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 that in that moment in time which is I'm not here to change the offense I'm not here to you know demand the ball or have it run through me I'm here to help you guys get shots and help this thing operate at the highest efficiency that it can with me in it and he was telling me how like I would never get shots as wide open as I'm going to get playing with him like cuz of the way he said screens and just generally you know could dice a defense up when they would double him and stuff like that and so th- that communication was fantastic and he he tried to live those raps we just didn't function like and so as it as it relates and pertains to Indiana you can never really quantify exactly what a trade like that is going to do to the chemistry that you have you know now Shaq obviously a, a much different piece in our lineup than, than a Siakam piece going to Indiana because, you know, what wound up having to happen with, with Phoenix is ultimately after I got traded, they wound up playing more to Shaq. That next year he was an MVP, I'm not an MVP, I'm sorry, but an all-star again. Yeah. Because when you have Shaq, you have to use Shaq. I mean, he's... He's fucking he, Shaq. He's Shaq, right? And so, like, that's just common sense. And so that's what that trade was like. It was like, we're going to play this way with Shaq and we tried and we tried and we tried and we tried. Wait, so what's that dynamic real quick? What's that dynamic? Like when you're with the guy that is like, obviously this gregarious personality, but like, it's not working. It's clearly not working. Right. And the way that you would want it to, is there like, a, is there a tension there? Like, how do you, how do you feel when that's happening? There wasn't, there wasn't a tension there at all. 
Um, because we were still winning games. We just didn't win in the playoffs. Like we, 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 we played, we thought that that piece like Shaq, it, this is again, we, I'm saying we, I was on the team, but I didn't make the deal. I, my, my, my guess is they were yeah, thinking Steve Kerr. Yeah, yeah. Steve Kerr. We, yeah, know. Steve. we know Steve. Yeah. My guess is Steve. that they were thinking for the playoffs, right? Like for Tim Duncan, Shaq was going to be the antidote and sure. it didn't, it didn't work out like that. Like they just rolled us um, in the playoffs. And so I think at that point, the whole experience up to then was great. Nobody gave a shit, man. We were having a good time, man. I'm telling you, Shaq was one of the best humans like around. I, we had a blast. Y'all was having hella fun at, at, when Shaq was at Phoenix. So y'all had we so had a much blast. fun. We had a blast. <laughs> uh, so there wasn't any tension. There wasn't anything like that. And 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 then, you know, the playoffs came and it was obvious that that things weren't clicking the same way. And where the tension began was the next the next year when Mike left. And then, right. you know, Terry Porter came in and, and, you know, that's well documented and shit like that. We don't have to get into and that. You're but on that, the other side of the court throwing layups and just yeah, like, that, that's just when the tension the started because, because that's when we stopped. That's when the, that's when we changed everything. Like he came in, I mean, this shit is crazy, bro. And I don't mean, I don't know how we got to this. I guess we do it all the time, but first day of training camp at university of Arizona, we're sitting in a, in a, in a film room. Me, I'm sitting right next to Steve. Um, I think Leandro Barbosa's on my other side. We're in there like ready to go. Best time of year, dog. We back to training camp. Let's get it popping. Steve Kerr, I mean, Steve Kerr called me, told me, you know, about Terry Porter, said he's not gonna change a lot, just gonna give us a little bit more defensive stability, gonna keep a lot of the verbiage and the style that we want to play. And we're like, yo, let's go. We're at University of Arizona sitting there. The film comes on. Terry Porter's there. He introduces his college it's coach. Fall, the the beautiful, the weather's beautiful. Oh man, Tucson is popping. Like and and the first thing he does on that film as as it starts to run at some of our offense, he freezes it and he looks at me and he said, "That's a bad shot." And I was like, "I said, oh, no, it's the first one." So okay, I got you, coach. No problem. I, I kind of side eye Steve. He side eyes me. The film keeps running. The whole the whole tape. Not if it weren't just me. They were our offensive shots that were questionable for what the NBA was at that time, but it was our DNA. And he made it clear that he was there to take them shits out. And that's what he so got lied sideways. To. You, felt, oh, you felt lied to. You felt your heart just bamboozled. Oh, let, let us stray. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't land on Plymouth Rock. I'm like, man, Plymouth what? Rock landed on us. <laughs> what is going on? And so look, let me take it back, man, for the listener. Wait, with Pascal Siakam, it's not that big of a shift. Pascal is a is a is a Lambo. He's gonna play fast. He's gonna get it up. Like it's easier to get a dude to play fast than it is to get a guy to he's slow playing down fast. To a he got the doors open. He's doing donuts. He's, lo- he's locked in. It's good. He's fine. But what you can't quantify necessarily right now is exactly what that does to the chemistry in on the court and in the locker room. By all accounts, a great dude. I don't think there's gonna be a problem. But that, you know, that's that's the one thing that gets tricky when you're pulling a trade like that. It's not going to be whether he fits from a skill standpoint and a style of play. It's just all the other shit. All right. Let's take a quick break. We're in a bag. Let's talk about fake trades. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. Fuel up for game day and any day, really, at Sonic for a limited time. You can get the new $1.99 Sonic Crispy Tinder Wraps. And trust me. You don't want to miss out. A crispy chicken tender and bold flavors like hickory barbecue and cheesy Baja. Crisp lettuce and melty cheese that make the perfect bite. So go get yourself some TLC, some tender love and chicken. And buy a $1.99 Sonic Crispy Chicken Tender Wrap today. 
Tax not included. Limited time only at participated Sonic drive-ins. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Get in on all the NBA buzzer beaters, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Tonight, for instance, Minnesota and Memphis, I'm taking Anthony Edwards over on the points, and we've got Indiana Pacers, I'm also taking over on the total points. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. You're listening to Real Ones, and I am Jade. Logan averages 1.5 What's Poppins per episode. So it's time to pose the question to you, Logan. What exactly is Poppins? We are back. We are vibing. We're styling and profiling. Okay, I got I got names for Raja um, and myself for the backstretch and see how we go in the trade deadline. Way too early um, names. Uh, we're just going to go with vibes. You know how we do it. All right, Raja, I'm going to give you a name that you're probably not going to guess um, because you are look. I know you're Googling stuff just to, you know, well, cram my, in hey, information at this point. Up, bro. Checking I'm going to go with one right oh, now. Shefty, uh, Shefty <laughs> Jesus. Woj, woj. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, anywho, um, someone's not <laughs> oh, locked in. All right, Woj, anyway, Woj, first, name, bad, first name, first yeah. name, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> the Kuz? What about him? The Kuz. Okay, what is the game? What are we playing here? What are we doing? I'm just going to give you like names of people that could be on the move and see what where are, we want to take them and where they would be a good fit. Where they would be a good fit. Man, that's okay. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Kyle Kuzma first. I think he'd be a good. And I'm. I'm painting the picture. I do not know if he's going to get traded. He just could be a a likely trade, you know, person. Because let's be honest, bro. It's tough in DC right now. It is. It is. It is rock bottom. Um, Hear me out. Sacramento Kings. Pascal Siakam is no longer on the board. That is one of the 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 players that the Kings were you know involved in talking about. Kyle Mm -hmm. Kuzma. We put him right in. Um, is another is, can be a wing defender when he cares um, and could be a winning player if he's in a in an environment where he doesn't have to be a leader. Kyle Kuzma, I think Kings, maybe somewhere along those lines, somewhere that needs a uh, that needs a an extra wing defender who doesn't need that much responsibility. What do you say? Kyle Kuzma. I think that a lot of teams could use 
what he represents. Like for the reasons that you just articulated with Sacramento, anytime you can get a dude who can make shots, does not have to lead, it's good length and versatility on the wing, I'm, I'm with that. Now, that's just in a vacuum. I, I don't know what we'd be giving up to get Kyle Kuzma in this scenario. I don't know, you know, if that's if that's a feasible thing, but there are a lot of teams that are in position fringe fringe to lower tier playoff teams that could could use something like that. That's fair. That was a fair thing on the fly. Good job. I appreciate it. Thank, that, you. That Thank was, you. That was a good Thank job, you. man. But I wonder I was um, I'm sweating. All right, I'm giving. I'm. I'll give you another player with meat on the bone. Right, let's do that. I didn't give you. I was pretty unfair giving you Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, start, like, but Kyle I just wanted to test Kuzma. you. I'm like, what? I just wanted to test you. I just wanted to test you. I just Shit. wanted to test you. See how I mean, you was locked in. Pass my towel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another guy, um, Dejounte Murray, who was Ooh. traded to Atlanta to. And I want to talk. I'm using this as a way to talk about Atlanta, but Dejounte Murray was traded to Atlanta. Um, to be like maybe like a Costco splash brother or like maybe a, a Costco CJ and Dame um, at some point. I don't know. Uh, and just has not worked out. The Hawks are who they are right now. Would you, if you're the Lakers, if you're a team that probably maybe mm. thinks you need a point guard or say like if you're the Sixers, mm. are you looking for a Jonte Murray to, not the to solve your problem? Not, not the, the Sixers. Sixers, no. Okay, not the not the Sixers. Or maybe, maybe, maybe the Warriors, who are you could say what you want about Clay Thompson. I'm a little dubious that he could he can be any more than he is right now, and that's not even a diss to Clay Thompson. I just think that he is a guy that has has always been better served being the third or fourth best player on the team, and if you need him to be the second best, it's not going to happen. So, like, say you trade. Uh, get somebody else, trade him, get somebody else for that. Is DeJounte, where would you, what do you kind of player or team do you think for DeJounte Murray? Yeah, interesting. And the only reason I say not the Sixers, obviously, he makes every, he makes everybody better. Like, I think he makes teams better, but I, I, I think there's a little bit of redundancy there. I think there's a little bit of overlap with him and Tyrese Maxey in a way that I, I, he's, Tyrese is what, at 26, 26 a game right now? Like, I, I don't know that I want to upset his, his trajectory in that way. Um, Golden State, yes. Golden State, yes, right now. Although I doesn't, I don't think it necessarily puts them in a championship window again. Quite frankly, but I don't think I, any trade does. But I'm just throwing throwing. That yeah, out. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just uh, working through it. Sorry, but but yes, I think Golden State. I agree with you. Look, I love Clay. I I patterned my 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 NBA game after dudes like Reggie Miller and and stuff like that. And Clay is as good as anybody with with what he did setting his stuff up off of a jump shot. Like I and so. I always love to watch it, but but we're at a place now where we got to call a spade a spade, and so Golden State has to figure out how to how to extend the shelf life and how to keep Steph in a in a window, or at least get that window cracked back open again. And getting young or relatively young pieces that can go are are going to be critical to that. So I would say yes to that. The Lakers, an absolute yes to that. Not it's a no brainer. I've said to you like so. Any anybody you tell me of his ability level or right around that and Lakers, it's a yes, but yeah, clearly, clearly he would be a, another person who can get downhill and create shots and, and do things offensively because the Lakers offense is, is what's the word I want to use for the it's sluggish. Let's be, let's be polite. I think what, and also like 
their depth, which what we thought was going to be a thing, is, is just not there. I think last night they like ninety percent of their um, their scoring output was from the starters. I mean, theoretically, though, you're going to have to give up. I mean, you're not going to be any deeper when you bring him in, right? Because you're going to have to get pieces. Yeah, you're going to trade so, a lot of those people. Yeah. So that just means that you're going to have to have better pieces, and he is that. I want to talk about the Hawks really quickly because what is? It's just been like a black hole for coaches. Dejounte Murray was 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 tasked to help um, help Trey Young. What does this What does this tell you? Because the worst place to be in the NBA is the middle. We know this time and time again. And aside from that Eastern Conference Finals run, Trey Young hasn't really done shit with the Hawks. You know, he's been very exciting. He's he's made great plays, but it kind of seems like the Hawks are who they are right now. If you trade Dejounte Murray, are you seriously considering trading? Trey, I think I would because I just see the writing on the wall. Like, what else are you going to get with this team? There's no, I I just don't see it. What do you think when you look at the Hawks, the staff record label and MF and crew? What do you think? Well, what I immediately think off the top is who who would trade for Trey Young? I would. I mean, I would ask you the question. No, and I don't. I don't mean it to be. I mean, sure, there people would, but who would be like clamoring to give up major assets to get Trey Young, thinking that? Adding him to what they have is getting them over the hump. I don't think many, not no contenders, no contenders, right? And so I, I only say that to, to to highlight that like the style of play with which he plays, albeit electrifying, and can maybe get you to a certain level. It's really hard to get the recipe right around that. And also, like he doesn't seem like a very. I mean, I'm, I don't want to. I mean. He doesn't seem like a very likable person to he just doesn't. I mean, like you ask people around the league, you ask you you see the proof of the pudding with the coaches. I, I'm I'm only going with what I see here. No, that's fair. I don't know him, so I'm not going I'm not gonna say that. I've I've heard things like, but I'm not gonna go out there and say that. I'm keep, I'm I'm purely keeping it on the court. It's electrifying. It'd be a nightmare to guard. It produces some sure. hella highlights, but to get the recipe right around that is an absolute headache. Yeah. It's a headache and it is not an easy thing to do. And so when I asked you, would people trade for him? Like, look, I, I get it what the fans going to say, but it's fucking Trey Young. Like, do you see what he does? I know. I hear you. And I would also tell you that like when people are trying to win championships, it ain't just about how electrifying he is. It's how can we, how can we support that electrifying talent in a way that helps it get to a championship level? And with that specific size, talent, personality combination, it's really hard. You just throw hella shooters around him, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Like, is that because I just think about Iverson as a short guy, all right? You just, they just that the at y'all best. Those days are over though, where we could grind you out like defensively, and AI could have forty five, and we win a game. Like that's not yeah. those 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 days don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's true. All right. I tried. No, tried. no, no. I'm it's not mad at you Atlanta. for that. But you're that like. You know, as I was thinking about it when I was running my mouth and not saying anything, that's kind of where I was. Where like, man, you just put a bunch of, you know, defensive shooters around him and play. Like, I don't know. That's why I'm sitting here fucking rambling into a microphone for an hour and a half and not sitting in, you know, in somebody's jet going to see a game right now. That's a hard Raja, thing. But it's Raja, What's up? Let's be real. You're not here for an hour and a half. We're not, we, I wish we, 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 you would never be here for an hour and a half, including ads. I'm sorry. Unless like, unless like Jesus was our podcast. An, an hour uh, guest. Now, you're probably right. You're probably right. Like hour 15, hour, hour 10, 15, maybe. hour 15 is stretching. Okay. 
<laughs> fuck you. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, yeah, just trying to get that recipe right. Like this particular podcast. They searched forever to find a motherfucker that would work with you. I just happen to have a free hour and 15 minutes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that shit ain't easy. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, what were we talking about? DeJounte Murray. Trey Young, do they hey, do they take the team? You're acting like the Trey Young of this podcast right now, Roger. Mm, but I digress. I'm acting like the Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh All right. man, hard to trade. Hard, hard, hard to trade. I, if I'm the Hawks, I probably am in the mode of if I can, you know. But but I'm also not the one sitting there counting their receipts and counting, you know, how much money they make off of the attend. Like I'm not. I'm just looking at it from a winning perspective. There's more that goes into moving the face of your franchise than that. Yeah. Uh, one last one, and I think it's like the biggest conundrum of the trade uh, season, and that's Zach Levine, right? Mm. And it's not because of his ability. It's more because of the salary. And he has three years left on his deal worth $137.9 million. I mean, you could just give me and Rod just a milli. Just, you know what I mean? Just, we'll, we'll take it. Let's like, you know, you got it. Come on, bro. Anyways. I got an hour um, 15 for it. <laughs> you got an hour 30. You'll be here an hour and a half. I got you to an hour 30. Oh, but man. With, with, anywhere. with Zach, any, but, you take anywhere. You take them anywhere. anywhere because here's the thing: like you think about the Lakers, right? Like they're impact. If they, if if you take a Zach Levine, you're taking three years of him. On one hand, I see that, right, and I see that argument. But on the other hand, I saw Russell Westbrook get traded like three, four times on this massive deal that no one said could get moved. Same with Chris Paul. Like if you if you like him, you should just go get him. You, can, you can get up off of him. I agree to. with you 100. percent I think that's that's the the the. That's the way you would look at that if you're the Lakers. You don't have the luxury of quarreling over some money right now. You don't. Now, now if you care money, it, don't make money. It doesn't. And I only say that because you have LeBron. When you get LeBron and Anthony Davis in a window of time, like you've got to be making the moves that get you to a championship or that you think get you that much closer to a championship. And if it means taking on you know, like Zach Levine, Zach Levine is, I, I, I don't think he's a Russell Westbrook in, in that. And I love Russ, you know, I, ain't nobody talking to name, no Russ Lander on this pod. So for those who haven't heard me say that in a while, the refresh, just so course, you know, just, just so, so you know, know, don't come in my mentions <laughs> with that bullshit, but, 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 but he doesn't have the history. I don't think that, 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 that Russ does with, with, you know, not being able to, you know, shoot the ball and having to have it all the time and not to the degree that Russ did. And so I look at his skill set and his explosiveness and his ability to get downhill and get to the rim, his ability to catch and shoot, um, his length and explosiveness. And I think, I think that even though the contract is, is a big contract, the Lakers, you don't, I don't, I don't think that you get to have both. I don't think that you get to have LeBron, Anthony Davis, and this window of championship time available to you and say no to deals that get you closer to that. I don't think Laker fans let you live in that space. They shouldn't. You don't get to have both of those things. If you're, if you're all in, you're all in. That's the biggest thing that I, that I, and, and I don't know, cause I think Winhorse said that 
there's no way that um, Levine is coming to the Lakers or going to the Lakers, and, and we'll see um, if that comes to bear. But that's the biggest thing, and I think with all these contenders, like, yo, if you want to – here's another thing. If you want to win a championship in the NBA, guess what that shit costs? It costs bread. It costs yeah. money. You're yeah. going straight into the luxury tax. It doesn't matter. I'm, like Indiana wants to be a title contender. Guess what? They're going to have to break bread or fake dead. That's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> right? Like who yeah, won the last time? Look at look at <laughs> that that caught me off guard. <laughs> right? Just like, yo, if you go do it, you go do it. You think about the the Warriors a couple years ago, most expensive roster in NBA history. If you go like last year, you look at a luxury tax, it's gonna happen. You go have to sp- you have to spread uh, spend it. So that's what it, what it thinks about the hesitation, not even just for this Lakers team, Raja, but like every other team was like, oh, I don't know if I want to spend money. Do you want to win a championship or not? If you don't and just want to win playoffs, like if you want to just hemorrhage money, then fine. But like you're not going to win a title if you're not, if you're not spending money. Listen, it's pretty much as, as simple as that. You have to go out and take the swings at things that that, at least in your mind, are getting you right there. Now, again, just because you do that doesn't guarantee you a chip. There are a lot of things that have to go right, man. And that ain't just an NBA. That ain't even just an NBA, Roger. That's every sport, bro. And I'm tired Absolutely. of hearing that always in the NBA. Like, if you go to soccer, like, you think about the fucking, the cost it takes to winning fucking Champions League. It's a lot of money. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. NFL, it's a lot of money. So, Zach may not go to the Lakers, and that's fine. But when you're asking me if if I were someone, would I swing a deal to get Zach to the Lakers? The answer is yes, I would. All right. Sorry, we both got our rants out. I feel good, go. man. Good. good for I see you, why man. you I see why you're so chipper like in the morning, bro. Like I'm sure you get a few rants out. It's like what, nine thirty AM out in the West Coast. I'm sure you get a couple of rants out, make sure you get your day started, huh? No rants. My family's was all on a plane today, except my 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 middle boy Ty, who uh who is at school. So it was just me. There's oh, no one to okay. rant at. For sure. All right. That's, yeah. Okay. They usually take place in the morning when everyone's got sleep in their eyes and they're bitching about going to school. And you know, I didn't been up for thirty <laughs> minutes already cooking breakfast, and these mofo's are complaining. Like, do you know what I mean? That's when I usually get a yeah. good rant. But no one was here today, yeah. so I'm straight. Can't wait to be a dad and just fucking yell at my kids for no reason. <laughs> you can't fucking wait. Or good, can't or, wait. or good reason sometimes. It just, it just, it I just it can't is. wait to yell, bro. I'm already curmudgeon, bro. Just to yell at someone, bro. I can't wait. All right. Let's get to a little segment we like to call Real One of the Week. Raja, I'm just going to tell you go first. Just, just go first. Trust me on this one. Go first. So I don't, I don't, I don't know which way you're going, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Coach Mike Brown. On the heels of the Toronto Raptors head coach's epic rant. I sent this to you. I sent this to it's you, Raj. I put it in the phenomenal. chat. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I mean, I, did you watch all five minutes? All yeah, five. I had seen it. I had seen it already, but like it was, I mean, for those who don't know, there were some some questionable calls in 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 the Sacramento Kings game. This was what, four days ago or so, five days ago. I don't know. And Mike Brown got up at a press conference. It was in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, not only did he rant, but he brought out and he had clips. You know what has to go into that? You have to tell your video staff, hey, I need you to get me the clips of this play at this point in time, that play at this many minutes into the clock. Let me tell you guys, this is nothing about Mike Brown. We talked about Spolster being a guy that just came up from video rooms, just has this shit. I would not be surprised if Mike Brown already had the timestamps in his head and just said, get this timestamp, this motherfucker, get it going. I got to talk. So he did that, got got his laptop prepared for him, had it's the impressive. video staff bring it to him, went to the press conference, 
and just eviscerated the refs with video evidence to support not, his argument. And I thought that was fantastic. I just did. As someone who's very nervous of public speaking, to have all your shit together and be able to do that and remember things as on the yeah. fly as he did while also getting your point across and not making it boring, it was brilliant. It was fucking well, brilliant. It, it was great. He stumbled a bit. I could feel him fumbling around because of the motion emotion like in and adrenaline was coursing right because he's hot but he knew he was about to get he knew he was about to get fined he knew he what it, it was he oh, already he knew he killed he crushed it he crushed it yeah, for sure Who, uh, what's number one and what's number two um Real toronto one. raptors coach or uh or or mike brown man that's a tough one um i still think i go mm, no i go with number two i go with mike brown just because i haven't seen the prop. which one was what's what's one is which one is more like raja if raja was a head coach are you number, bringing the laptop out or are you no. just saying this is bullshit and i'm fucking i'm, I'm, I'm number walking one off after- i'm not as in, i'm not as intellectual as mike brown like I, I i wouldn't be able to handle that i don't want anything up there distracting me from like <laughs> You might throw the laptop off. I don't want anything up there. Just let me go. My ruin of the week is a pretty somber one, man. Um, Dayan Milojevic, the assistant uh, for the Warriors who passed away tragically in Salt Lake City. Um, it was, and I hate to even just use real one of the week as to just to, to celebrate this man because you want to give the flowers while they're alive, but he passed away. And is when I tell you this has been a huge, huge, huge loss for the Warriors, that would even be an understatement. This dude was a uh, a great personality in the locker room, not only in the Warriors locker room, but across the league. You know, you, you had uh, people like Luca um, reaching out and, and saying a statement. Um, you know, Jokic was a, was a huge fan of this guy. Um, but when you talk about, just a guy in the Warriors locker room that was beloved in um, a season like this for it to happen. Right. And you never want that to happen in any circumstance, but the way it happened, man, I feel for everybody to go to say Warriors organization I feel for his family. I know he had a, he had, I think he had some, some people close to him as well. Uh, I think he had kids. Um, this is tough all the way around, man. It's tough for the league. Uh, and so that's my real one. But, Man, what a loss, Ra. What a loss. Yeah, that's that's a tragedy, man. I, I'm praying for the Golden State family and for his family. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else you say, man. That's a, that's a by all accounts, a, a shining star in the organization, someone that people loved. And anytime you see someone that young, it's tough. Um, so I'll just prayers out to them, man. Condolences. Yeah, man. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say towards that. I'll just say, um, you know, got prayers and we're thinking of everyone in the organization. And uh, that has been a, another edition of uh, of Ruins, Thursday edition. Um, we'll see you guys on Monday. Howard Beck is back. MF and Mondays, we're back, baby. Also, before I forget, um, we are instituting a Monday mailbag, Raja. This is news to you. But... Um, for uh, we're gonna introduce the motherfucking mailbag every Monday, uh, where we answer maybe one or two questions from our from our real ones out there. Make sure you send out uh, an email to realonesmailbag at gmail dot com. We'll be answering your questions every Monday from here on out um, with Howard Beck from around the league. Or if you just want to ask us a uh, an appropriate uh, off the basketball court question about any of us, just you know, tap in. Uh, so we'll see you guys on Monday. Where we're going to have our first uh, mailbag episode. I'm excited for that. Tap in uh, all the shits. Bye. Bye.
Must be 21 years and older and president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. 